All right, welcome to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Rick, the Inside Slam Week 15 for most leagues. It is your conference championship. We've said crunch times. It's about week five. It's the real deal today, buddy. Yeah, if you're still alive, congratulations. And uh, you're welcome. There, yeah, you're welcome. And there has been some, let's say, interesting questions this week coming yeah. in the mailbag in some very difficult situations because of some of the injuries. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, and it's terrible. And, and, and you're going to see every question. I'll just go ahead and I'll tip my hand now. Every question involves Denard Robinson. Every one of them. <laughs> I have got 25 pieces of notebook paper here that all say Denard Robinson all over them. He's the big – all the – all the four-letter networks, all the big guys, Rick, they want to start Denard Robinson over everybody, over absolutely everybody. So we'll discuss that. We'll see how you feel a little bit rolling through. Before we get too deep into it, Rick, let's jump in. Jersey's on the line before we before we got on here, so let's get right to him. I'm sure he's uh, chomping at the bit looking to win a title. Jersey, good morning. Yo, gentlemen, how you doing, man? Junior, little man on the roll. Kick some butt, 231. <laughs> 165 took the sergeant down last week, two weeks in a row. So uh, he'll be taking the boss now. <laughs> oh, he wins this, man. He wins well, and then he goes against Godfrey, one of his other another league. next week. Um, here's his dilemma. It's PPR. We know he's got, he's got, he's got Russell winner, David Johnson. He got 15.9 from Gurley, and he got 11 points from the Jets, Jets defense. Here's his dilemma. He always goes with Hopkins, Beckham, and Landon, and he usually uses Martavius Bryant as his, as his flex. Um, he has Barnage in him now, but also we can use Geek as, as, as a flexor tight end. Who does he use a wide receiver? I mean, he needs, he needs three. He's got Beckham, Hopkins, and Landry in him now. Um, he's got Martavius Bryant as a flex. And he's got Tyler Lockett on his bench. Oh, man. Yeah. The, the other guy has, has a Golden State cook uh, going uh, and Alan Holmes. Uh, and he already the guy got the guy got 5.2 from Ivory last night. He's got D'Angelo Williams and Brady uh, also on his team, the other guy. Oh, man, this is so tough. I hate getting away from Martavis, Bryant. So, obviously, he's going to stick with Hopkins, Beckham, and Landry. I, I think those are – yeah, Landry would be the only question mark some weeks, but going up against San Diego, Landry's a, an absolute must start, and he's a top 12 type of guy. So, let's start out let, – let's de- deconstruct this a little bit, Rick. Let's start with the tight end question. Barnage Gates, th- this is tough. Gates, Gates is tough to handle – He's been quiet as this offense has disappeared. Certainly so is Antonio Gates. Barnage steady as a rock. Somebody Johnny Johnny Football can rely on. But, man, going to Seattle, at Seattle, can Johnny Manziel even begin to handle that? Well, here's the, here's the thing. Barnage is <clears throat> he's a, he's a veteran guy, which is kind of interesting because there's many people out there who never knew who Gary Barnage was until this week or until this year. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Seattle has been susceptible to giving up a lot of fantasy points to tight ends this year. And I think Gary Barnage is certainly a great play. Putting him with, you know, pitting him against Antonio Gates is always tough because 
Gates is even as sad as they've been this year has still been Rivers' target, and he's got I don't, I don't have it right in front of me, but he's got what about seven touchdowns, and he missed the first four games, correct? <laughs> well, you got that going. So, well, I tell you what, I everything tells Gates is there, but I really like Barnage. I, I really do like Barnage this week. Yeah, and I think to your point, Jersey, in a PPR, he's going to get a ton of targets. He's going to have to get a ton of targets because I. Johnny Manziel's not going to have time to look downfield. So I think even in a bad matchup, I think the bad matchup favors Barnage here. I'm going to agree with Rick. I don't imagine – it just isn't often you see teams in this league get shut out. If the Cleveland Browns find the end zone, it's going to be Gary Barnage. So I'm going to go with Rick here. I'm going to recommend Barnage. So so now, Rick, so now we're left go, – go ahead, Jersey. Hey, should we keep an eye on Cam Chancellor? Because if Cam Chancellor is out, that's a big, big – for Barnage because he usually plays on him. Uh, and it could be doubtful, but I want to get your input on there too, Virginia. Yeah, definitely. And and with um with him in the doubtful state that he is right now, plus the fact that Seattle has given up points to the tight ends all year, I, I, I Mine, just think yeah. – Yeah. All right, so uh, now we are, we are at the flex spot, Rick. We've got Martavis Bryant. Now we got Lockett who's going back to that Seattle game with that good matchup on right. that end, and we got Gates left too. How, how you <laughs> Martavis Bryant's been a letdown lately. Martavis Bryant has been a letdown, and this Denver defense is pretty difficult. Albeit they're banged up, and you know one point about this game here with Pittsburgh is, in my mind, Chris Harris is really the real cover corner on that defense. And so, I mean, they can only cover so many people, right? I mean, you have you have Brown, you have Bryant, you got Wheaton, you even got Heath Miller. Yeah, we fully you know, believe the Steelers are going to score in this game, right? I mean, I, I, I am, yeah. I, gonna, I, they might slow them down, but I, I'm still starting Ben. I'm still starting D'Angelo, and I'm still starting Antonio Brown. I think Martavis Bryant is where the questions begin. Right. Yeah. Do you see a situation where maybe – are they good enough like Seattle was good enough to sort of bracket and limit Antonio Brown? I don't want to say take him away because you never take Antonio Brown away. Now, in Seattle, it wound up being Marcus Wheaton who benefited right. from this. But, but Des Bryant – yeah, Des Bryant could certainly be, a, be an option for that. Lockett's on such a roll – here, here's my problem with, with Lockett, Rick, and stop me if, I, if I'm going crazy here. For the last three or four weeks, I've watched Russell Wilson go absolutely nuts. And Doug Baldwin has become Jerry Rice, and Tyler Lockett is, you know, name another, you know, Tyler right. Lockett's become Randy Moss. Now you're going home. You've got Cleveland coming in, a team that conceivably you should be able to put up about 164 points against. Doesn't this just feel like they're going to come back to earth just a wee little bit? You know what I mean? Are they going to do it again, again with five touchdowns? Well, that's the thing. If Lockett doesn't well, get in the end zone, he's useless. But, see, that's the, that's the key right there. You're talking about, you know, are they going to do it again with five to five touchdown passes from Russell Wilson? You know, when you're having five touchdown passes, it's great because Doug Baldwin's getting his, you know, and, and lot, there's still plenty for Lockett. Three for so Baldwin, forth. two for Lockett. That's how it goes. Every. Exactly. I can't – I just don't see them having five touchdowns against Cleveland. As bad as that sounds, I know they're only, what, three and ten or whatever right. it is. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not 
that high. If it was between Bryant and Lockett, I'm going Bryant. Gates, to me, is the wild card where you want to put because I think he's a real end zone possibility. Right. I still got to go Bryant, yeah. to be honest with you, I'll, Jersey. I'm going to say I, I stick with Martavis here. He's not, and I understand it's a PPR league, and he, he's not going to get 12 targets. That's not going to happen. Heath Miller's going to get a tar- ton of targets. AB's going to get a ton of targets. Why, why I can't sit down Martavis Bryant three times in this game at a minimum, three times they are just going to heave one down the sideline. If he catches two of those, you've got 80 yards in the touchdown, maybe two right there. I can't put that on the bench. Lockett's too risky. The Chargers offense is too risky for me to slide Gates in. I'm going to stick – when I got to win, I'm going to stick with Martavis Bryant. In a PPR league, a 60-yard touchdown, there's 13 points right there. You pretty much made your week and everything else is gravy. I don't want to sit around and hope that Seattle keeps throwing five touchdowns a week to get, give Tyler Lockett – the, the two touchdowns he's going to need to put up the type of numbers he's been doing. Uh, I have not keep that in there. Yeah, he beat me last week, but I let him because his team, <laughs> I would have played Jordan. I, I would have smoked him, you know what I mean? But the bottom line is he got a great matchup this week. His team is way lower than mine since I lost those three studs. So, actually, he's down 36-33 to 33 now. Um, he got he got, he got seven, 17 from, what's his name, um, Decker, and he got 15.9 from what's called. The other guy picked up Lau, Pal, uh, so he got one off, and he got What you want to know, he got Freeman in there now. He already played Groves. I told him to take, he took, uh, uh, what's his name out? Uh, the guy from uh, Chicago. Forte. Uh, he got Denard Robinson in. Uh, what do you think of that? Denard Robinson over, uh, over, uh, 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 yeah, we'll finish your sentence for you. I'll tell you, that is so tough. I, I think I'm going to roll with it. He's hot. He's on a roll. Denard Robinson's going to get a ton of touches. I right. generally would think a guy like Matt Forte, Rick, and I think I know, I think you're going to go the other way here. Just looking at you. I think Forte is about sit proof. That matchup in Minnesota does scare me. Minnesota, yeah, I can't. I, I I like it. Give me a guy. You got the who are the Jags playing? It, it's a it's an easy matchup if if I Atlanta. recall. Jags are yeah. playing Atlanta, which is the worst. And, and Forte only touch- got ten points the first time against 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 Minnesota. Forte yeah. got ten points when right. I wasn't in a share with Langford. So that's what. And they're wanted. trying. And Langford's getting a lot of the goal line work. And Kadeem Carey, they're working him. And I think I'm going to go with the guy who I know is going to get 25 touches against a bad defense. I agree. I, I'm going Denard Robinson in this situation too. I mean, Rick makes all logical points. You know, you hate to sit a Forte and so forth, but you know all this. Stuff's been coming out in the last few weeks. Well, you know, Forte's done in Chicago. And, of course, you know, we've seen Kerry and Lankford a lot more. So, you know, with, with Yeldon out, you know who's getting the carries in um, Jacksonville. It's certainly not Toby Nohart. It's going to be <laughs> Denar Robinson, and I think he's going to get a ton of work today. All right. Yeah, that's what we, that's what we kind of thought, you know what I mean? So, and, like, again, if Forte wasn't in the time stream, it always seems to be Chicago. Sometimes they struggle against the division foes. And he got 10 points when I went back and looked in week six or whatever it was when they played, when they played Minnesota in Chicago. So, like you said, it is a little bit of a time there. Of course, they may be getting a little bit more carries here and there. 
but sometimes uh, Langford does get goal line for the sports as, as like you said, Denard Robinson. He is the guy who, because the guy he's playing on Yelding, and he, my son picked up uh, Robinson because weeks ago that other guy picked up Langford over so my son didn't have it, so my guy picked that revenge back. So hopefully he wins that. He's in the finals of that league. And like I said, he's in the finals of the cop league. So if everything goes well there, he should win because, like I said, this guy's got uh, Brady, Williams, Ivory already played. He's got Cooks and Tate on Monday night. The guy's got Hearns going today, Travis Kelsey, uh, Frank Gore, Hushka, and the Eagles defense. So some of that stuff, Junior will know around 4 o'clock with some of those games being 1 o'clock games that the guy's playing. And Junior has a lot of 4, 4.30 games. We don't know if, he, if he's got a squeak or anything, if he's catching points or whatever on there right now. But he's up 26.9 to 5.2. So, uh, like I said, what you just said is what he has in his lineup now, all those things in that, in that league. So, all right, I'll tell him when he gets up. That's what we do. He really appreciates everything you guys have done to help him. So, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be chatting again next week. We'll just kind of set his stuff for going against the other leagues if he wins. I hope he's in the finals and the others in the semifinals this week. Guys, thank I, you very I, much. I, I want you I want to do us a favor, Jersey. Yes, sir. I, I, want you, I want you to do us a favor. If he makes it to the finals, you get his ass out of bed and have him call in because we <laughs> want to talk to this guy. I, I will. I will because this, this week he's on um, – He's off this week, and next weekend he's like, no, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 7 to 7. And the kid's been working a ton of hours with DUI stuff, like 8 at night, 6 to 2, with overtime and stuff. He, he's a good kid. He's taking advantage of that. So, uh, yeah, he's a good kid, and like I said, he's 26. He really appreciates that. So, I'll get his answer up next week when he comes home, 7 7.30 on Sunday morning, and say, hey, 10 o'clock, you get on the phone to thank you guys, Junior. So we appreciate all the help. And, like, you know, and I know I won't be seeing you guys. And you guys have a merry, merry Christmas, guys. And we really appreciate the help that you've, and voice you've given us over the years, and especially this year with Junior. So uh, happy holidays. All right. Good luck to Junior this week, Jersey. Yep. Great to hear from you. Have a merry Christmas, yep. you and everybody. Merry over Christmas. There happy New Year. We'll be talking to you. All right, Rick, let's jump right into it here. We got a ton going on. All right, we got to start oh, two in the PPR. Let's do it. Gio Bernard. Okay. Sean Drone. Yeah, always with Drone. Bryce Brown. Brown. Okay. Melvin Gordon. Gio and Drone, it's not even close for me. Bryce Brown, look, I, I could be a fool here. There's four guys right now in line for carries when Carol came out yesterday and said that Christy Michael was going to get his opportunity. So you got Brown, you got Michael, you got F Jacks. I'm, I'm locked, blanking on the fourth guy. It, it doesn't matter who the fourth guy is, but you're dealing with a four headed monster here. I'm not taking that chance. If they're trying to get everybody work, even if somebody establishes themselves, which could happen early, quite frankly, against Cleveland, somebody could get rolling. It, Gordon, no, <laughs> just no, 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 no. So Geo Drone, not even close for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go along with that. You know, Bryce Brown's interesting, but I agree with what you say. You just not sure. You know, they're, they're every all these reports coming out. You know, Fred Jackson's going to stay the third round. You know, the third down back. If they believe in Bryce Brown and and, and even Michael bringing him back in, that they could carry the load. 
you know, who, who's to say it's a blowout? Sooner or later, they're going to have that somebody in there. Fred Jackson right. might get a ton of work. Exactly. Or, or it could be the other way go. It could be Christine Michael. Get him worked out a little bit. So, yeah, I agree with you there. And uh, Geo Drone. Yeah, I just I can't I can't mess around. I can't take the chance right. on any of these other guys. All right. All right. So as everybody knows, Jonathan Stewart out. There's a there's another menagerie down there. You've got to work your way through Fozzie Whitaker, Cameron Artis Payne. I think we know Tolbert will be the goal line type of guy. You, you messing with any of these guys? I think we talked a bit about Whitaker on on Wednesday, maybe in a real desperation play. Tolbert, you're so touchdown dependent there. Artis Payne. Now news come out yesterday that he's going to get some early work. So maybe if he's successful, I I don't know if I can go anywhere near any of these guys. Really. Well, that's that's the thing. You just really don't know. And I mean, if you're in your conference finals, and I understand there's people that have have been riding Jonathan Stewart. I understand that, and that could put a, a crimp. I got to think somewhere along the line. I don't know, uh, Rashad Jennings, yeah, somebody, like that, yeah. somebody like that that you can at least trust to be worked into the game a little bit because you're not sure what's going on with Carolina. And, you know, who knows? Tolbert could get 10 carries for all we know. Right. I, it's I, possible. I, I mean, you just don't know, really yeah, know what's going on. Maybe they just let Cam fling it. Just play it. I think sure. it's going to be a close game. Hand off to Ted Ginn. Nobody can catch him. Yeah. He can't catch anything, but, you know. Maybe if you hand it to him, he won't <laughs> drop it quite as right. often. That, that's a fair point. But, so. uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. You just may, may want to stay away from the Carolina running game today. Now, this is big for me, Rick, and this has been underplayed in all the talk about T.J. Yeldon and, and Jonathan Stewart and, and Thomas Rawls. Tyler Eifert out again with the concussion. We know Andy Dalton's out. Now you take Eifert away. You're on the road. I know it's San Francisco. We'll get to this when we pick the games. We had to do it rapid fire at the end of the show on Wednesday, Rick, and you roundly mocked me as we went off the air. So I think I'm tipping my hand to where I'm going in this game. You got a young quarterback making his first start for all intents and purposes, his second game, because he played most of that game last week. You take a piece like Tyler Eifert away, that is big. Sure it's for big. The, for the – Bengals offense. I want to say Cardinals. Why do I mix up the Bengals and Cardinals? I spent all day Wednesday doing I have doing no that. idea. I mean, because they're not the same team by well, any Well, I understand, I mean, that. one's a tiger, one's a little bird. I, I understand. You know. I, I get the difference. Carson Palmer used to play for, for Cincinnati. Maybe I think that's, that's what it is, because I always want to call uh, Andy Dalton Carson Palmer. Yeah. I did that twice in the show. I but believe. getting back to Ivor, which is the main crux of the, the conversation here, yeah, it's a huge weapon, but you still have Bernard, you still have Hill. Look, Jeremy Hill still, started the week this you week. You still right? have A.J. Green, okay? I mean, there, there's plenty of weapons at McCarron's disposal. Maybe not – you know, they a tight end can certainly still be a safety valve, even to a backup. And let, let's not forget that, you know, McCarron second-team reps – he wasn't taking a lot of reps with Eifert anyway. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, you have a backup tight end, backup quarterback. You could see a little connection there. I, I think it's big, though. I, I think that, that's just big Tyler Eifert. You, Putting it out there. When you're leading the league in touchdowns, that's a big piece to lose when you're also losing your Pro Bowl quarterback. Tom Brady had been questionable throughout the week. He was sick, missed practice on Friday. No fear there. He is going to go today. C.J. Anderson looks like he's going to roll, so I'm sure now all the C.J. Anderson, Ronnie Hillman questions will come in. Let's dispatch with a lot of these now, Rick. The answer is no. No. I can't explain why, as bad as the Steelers' defense is. Because they have a good front seven and it's tough to run on them. As poor tackling as they are, running backs don't put up numbers. 
Simple as that. They got a good front seven. It's a secondary that's the Achilles heel, and it's tough to run on Pittsburgh. And it leads to teams, I think, throwing the ball 40, 50 times, even when the running game's working. I mean, we saw it. And when you're going against a dynamic offense, a lot of times it gets into a track meet, too. Well, that's true, and I think that's what you saw. I mean, look back. The game that, that sticks out in my mind, Rick, is a few weeks ago, that shootout, that, that crazy shootout they had up in Seattle. Thomas Rolls was busting them off eight yards a carry right. for a series and a half. And then they just quit because they couldn't stop the Steelers' offense. And Russell Wilson, that's the game where he started this absurd role he's been on in Doug Baldwin. Teams just get away from it because – and I think you nailed it, two reasons. Number one, you can throw all over this Steelers' offense, number one. And number two – or the defense, I mean, and number two, got to keep up with this Steelers' offense. Right. So, even if it's going well, teams just flat get, get away from it. I've seen this over and over and over again this year. You can go clear back to week two. Carlos Hyde was ripping them off eight yards of carry. By the third series, it was done. He right. never saw the ball again. Yeah, it, it's true. So, yeah, I mean – C.J. Anderson, to me, is not a start. He's not. Yeah, you avoid him. I, I mean, mean Ronnie Hillman, for that matter. Exactly. Unless you have no no other options, which right. is a possibility when we get to the mailbag. You'll yeah, see if you him. happen to be a Yeldon Stewart riding these guys. These guys have made it to their conference finals that are in dire straits when yeah. we get to the mailbag. It's questions you don't usually expect to see at this point of the season. That that last week of injuries just brutalized some right. really good teams. Uh, Spencer Ware dealing with those ribs. Looks like he's going to give it a go this morning. Bad news for all you West owners. What do you make of it? I worry about a guy who was questionable until this morning dealing with ribs. Even if he gives it a go, how much work does he get? Do you, do you worry about it if you're looking to play where? And, again, you may be looking at it this week with all these injuries. I worry about a guy who's questionable with ribs and it takes up till game time to decide he feels okay, that that first hit could just shut all that down. A where might be a guy I stay away from a little bit. Yeah, I, well, I tell you what, I, those are the kind of plays that you don't need, you know, at this stage of your season. And it's just so tasty against Baltimore. You want to get West in there. You want to get Ware in there. I, but, oh, man, I don't That's so tough. Yeah. If a guy who's questionable with something like that can be aggravated one hit, I get so nervous when they didn't know until 10 o'clock well, this he, morning that he could go. Yeah, I mean, here, here's a question for you. I mean, you you've been – not so much me because I like this team, but you've been a Kansas City detractor for a while now. This is a trap game for them at Baltimore on a team they should blow out. Al, every, saw it on NFL Network this morning. Alex Smith is, is a quarterback start. Yeah. You know, it, it does feel like a letdown, but I've been calling for that letdown for three weeks now. Quite frankly. Now, I think it's big. They are getting away from home. They are so much better at Arrowhead. That's one of the few remaining true home field advantages. But they've won, what, seven straight. They haven't been home every week. I I understand that. It does feel like a trap game. I don't have the guts to pick Baltimore to win this one. I don't either. But is Kansas City going to go in there and hang 20 on them? I don't think they will. I think it's going to be a close doesn't this look like one of them ugly games, what you would expect from a Baltimore in a, in a Kansas City? Yeah. Pre-Alex Smith, pre-Joe you know Joe Flacco's gone, I understand, but pre-Joe Flacco, when those two teams played games that were played in the teens. You know, and that's what this game feels like to me. So I don't think I am going crazy on, on my Chiefs this week. I like Macklin. That secondary so bad. I think Macklin gets his. I don't have the guts to start Alex Smith, Rick, unless I'm in a real dire situation. I don't have the guts to go Smith this No, because there's a ton of quarterbacks out there. There, there. There's no question about that. That, That's kind of a 
just an afterthought to me, but I found it interesting that, you know, a lot of the pundits or whatever you want to call them out there are treating this game, I mean, almost like a foregone yeah, conclusion. It's, it's 34-10 already. Kansas City's already got a beat. Well, look at the game last night, Rick. That was a foregone conclusion. Right. You got a Jets team rolling going into Dallas who who's given up. And you got a Matt Castle's terrible, and they bring in Kellen Moore. Who, is that guy 5'8", Rick? I mean, he didn't even look like a football <laughs> player out there. It was Doug Flutie again. I don't it, know. it was unreal. And just, he, you know, in the face, he looks like he's about 14 years old, and he's all skinny, and he's about 5'4". I, I, I was worried for him. It could have been just the, the, the towel guy. Yeah. They, they may have just been looking for somebody. He quitted himself fairly well. I mean, through the three picks. The one was the jump ball at the right. end, so I don't hold that against him. Moved that offense a little bit, moved it as much as Matt Castle did, and actually put up 10 points, which Matt Castle has, has certainly struggled to do. Des Bryant owners actually sighed some relief after he finally got into can the I end zone. Can I say this, Rick? And I'm glad you got your touchdown out of him. Des Bryant is a dog. Yeah. He is an absolute well, he, dog. He is he's the premier example of a Dallas Cowboy that has given up on the season. Tony's not here anymore. I don't get my stats. Boo-hoo. I don't like this. There, there were two plays. The one was the last one. Look, I don't think he was going to catch that ball. The, the Basically, Hail Mary. It was the final final nail in the coffin. But he made almost no – we saw this a couple of weeks. He made almost no effort. He, yeah, he, he was looking for a fly a couple yeah. of weeks ago in the same situation. He, he went up with one hand, no true right. effort to it, didn't fight for the ball. I mean, right there, you risk the offensive pass interference. You do anything – to keep the game alive, and he didn't. Right. And, and I don't know if you saw it. If you were watching the game, Rick, a lot of this happens after your bedtime, I grant you. So on Kellen but Morris. It's, it's conference finals now. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that keeps <laughs> yeah. you up a little bit. Yeah. Kellen Morris first drive when he throws the right. interception. It was intended for Des Bryant. A terrible throw. You knew it was going to be picked. But Des Bryant makes no effort to get no. to the ball. And then number two, somebody from the Jets defense comes to engage Bryant, and he just slowly walked backwards. Yeah, as Darrell Revis was running that ball up the field, he had no intention no. of even making a play on. No, he's just an absolute dog. And he is the prime example. You know what? And he's the guy when you talk about the prima donna receiver that so many of these guys get bad. You know, these are the, he's the type of guy that a guy like Terrell Owens was accused of being. Look, mm-hmm. Owens was a loudmouth. Owens was a malcontent. But he laid it all out every time he was on the field. Well, Des Bryant quits. It's well, all about Des Bryant. Randy and Moss took plays off. Yeah. But when it came to a play to be made by Randy Moss, he made it. Right. You know, it, that, and to me, that's totally different. And, and a lot of the, the guys out there used to scream that, that – Hines Ward was dirty and this, that, and the other. That guy went full tilt right. every play. Every play. And, I mean, you don't even see Des Bryant going full tilt on a play he should be making. At least Moss and Owens right. did that. Yeah, they may stand there on a run play and, and take a blow, but on pass plays where they go up to get the ball, they're going up to get the ball. Des right. Bryant stands there. Yeah, and he's standing there watching it, and then on the interception, just no effort, no intention. No, because he, he was upset because it was a bad pass. Right. And it, I mean, it, that's just ridiculous. And then you could go back to the first drive with Matt Castle in the lineup. There, there was a pass down around the goal line. Right. Now, he was late getting his head around, and that could be a timing thing. So, maybe that's on Castle. Maybe that's on Bryant. But, again, just sticks his hand up, 
the pass goes incomplete and then drops his shoulder and glares at Matt Castle the whole way back. You just absolutely know it. It should have been an easy touchdown. Okay, here's no, I don't know if Castle threw it earlier. He was late getting his head well, here, around. Here's the thing that kind of gets me. Um, that Matt Castle, you know, this, this is not in defense of Matt Castle by any stretch. But, I mean, he went 11-5 and five in New England in one year. Right. He had a modicum of success in Kansas City for a year or so. Fair. Okay, I mean, nothing great. I understand that. Point being, they're both veterans. Cass has been the starter for how many weeks now? It's what, he was one in five coming in, so he started six games. Right. They ought to have a little timing down if, if they're actually putting forth some effort mm-hmm. together in practices. So, you know, I don't want to hear, well, it was a timing issue. That's, that should already be down. Right. You know, on a play like that. I mean – yeah, you know, some timing thing in the corner of the end zone or something, that that's always a kind of an iffy play anyway. But something like that, that should already be down. And and you're right. It's he's a dog. The whole team's quit. Right. I mean Except you the know, defense. I mean you gotta give the what? defense. The defense has been playing well. I can't say the whole team. I mean I will backtrack there. And and Darren McFadden. Yeah, okay, hundred what? yards again. Darren McFadden is looking Finally, good. after eight years of predicting it, I was right one time. <laughs> I told you it's a numbers game, Rick. Exactly. It's a numbers game. All right, let's start three in a PPR. All right. Get your little pencil Oh, out. I got my pencil ready. Tyler Lockett. Here we go. He comes up a lot in the mailbag, too. Alan Hearns. Hearns, okay. A.J. Green. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, we got a lot of these greens. Martavis Bryant. Oh, wow. And I only get three of these. Ted Ginn. Okay. James White. I can understand why this gentleman's in his uh, conference final. So, Hearns is the first name that jumps off the page. I got to get him in my lineup. I think, uh, well, we already chose Brian over Lockett, and I'm certainly going to take Brian over Ginn or White, so I got to put Brian in, right? Okay. I think it has to be A.J. Green, but I understand this question. I'm scared to death of A.J. Green here. You know, you talk about with that backup situation mm-hmm. – yeah, I really like a Jones this week, maybe even a Sanu. You, you talk about it and you see this. You saw it with the Cardinals a lot when they were getting backup quarterbacks in and Larry Fitzgerald would disappear. And that's really what led to the emergence of a guy like John Brown, you know right. what I mean, yeah. who, who was a favorite target for, for some of these guys. But I can't sit A.J. Green in my conference finals. If I'm going to sit A.J. Green, I agree with you on Hearns and Bryant. It's certainly between Lockett and Ginn. Look, mm. Carolina's rolling. And as much as I don't like Ted Ginn, I mean, I hate the way he attempts to catch a ball, but I'll tell you what, I love his speed, and I love the fact that Cam Newton has turned him into his primary target, save for Greg Olson. Right, right. And i tell you what, just the way that team's going against the Giants, pretty tasty matchup. I can see a lot of points being scored in this game. Whew. Hearns and Bryant – so you're thinking about getting over A.J. Green? That, that's where your, your thought well, is? Well, yeah, and Lockett. You know, Lockett, I, I'm kind of shying away from. I, I see them cooling just a tad in this type of game. Yeah, we could be fools on this, but I feel oh, the I could same be a total way. idiot. It, just, it's, but, it sets up too perfectly. You know what? I got to go A.J. Green because to. he is a guy I've ridden all year. I've gotten this far. I started Des Bryant last night. Everything told me bench this clock. Right, right. You know, found the end zone. Yeah, but I'm in the conference finals. He was my first overall pick. Finally got him back. Dallas has been weak this year. I understand that he's been killing me, but I went with him anyway. Right. And, you know, to a modicum of 
you know, success, he saved me a little bit. Right, he, he got a touchdown. He got here. about 15 points. So, you know, I got to go with A.J. Green. Same situation. Same reasoning. <laughs> yeah, for me, excuse me, I got a little frog in the throat here, a little Saturday night left in my throat. <laughs> yeah, so, Saturday night. To me, A.J. Green and Hearns are the obvious ones. You, you worry about Green, I understand that. But I, I got to stick with the guy. He's, just, he's the best wide receiver on your team. He's the best wide receiver on that team. And he's going up against pretty bad defense. So, so I got to stay there. Hearns is obvious. Either the Allens, especially with, with this good matchup today against Atlanta, they're going to have success. If there's a question, it's between Bryant, Lockett, and Ginn. And I just got to go with Bryant because, like I said to Jersey, three times at a minimum, they're going to take a shot down that sideline. And most of the time, he makes that play. And if he makes two of them and he scores and his ability, once he gets the ball in his hand, it's the weirdest-looking thing. He shouldn't make the catch, and then he should be tackled three times, and he's just not. And he just, Next thing you know, he's got three catches for 140 yards in two touchdowns. If it doesn't happen against that good defense uh, – it's certainly a risk, but it's a, it, I think it's a bigger risk not to play him. So as much as I hate to put Lockett on that hot streak and Ginn being the number one option in that offense now, especially after Greg Olson, especially you take Jonathan Stewart away, you, you just you got to roll with it. I can't, I can't take the chance there. I, I just can't, absolutely can't do it. I agree. At this point, I'm in the conference fight. You know what the answer is here? You know, we talked for 10 minutes on this one. Here's the answer. In my conference final, and I got a question of five guys here, right. I'm taking the three best football players. I'm, a, I'm taking matchups out. I'm taking everything else out. I'm going to roll. I'm either going to win or I'm going to lose with the three best football players right. out of the five I'm deciding. Before. Here's a trivia question for you. Oh, I like trivia. I'm not good at it. What though. quarterback has at least one passing touchdown in all 13 games? At least one passing touchdown in all 13 games. I think you're leading me here, so I'm going to guess Cam Newton. No. no. Mike Bortles. No, that's my dog there. I think I picked him over Ben Roethlisberger again last week to the mockery of once again of you and Scott Fish. And uh, Yeah, I'm all over Bortles. I don't believe Scott and I um, ever mock you. I believe you do. Ever. I don't, I don't think we – Mort in derision. <laughs> we chortle, but chortle, we don't yeah. mock. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get moving oh, now. So there was nothing – no follow-up. It was just a yeah. – just a no trivia follow question. Up, just something to talk about. Yeah, Bortles is going to have a big game today, and I, I think he he comes up in the in the mailbag. I tell you there. what, there's a there's a team right there. Now I'm talking about Indianapolis. We talked about Dallas being dysfunctional. I think Indy's right on the edge of that myself. I mean, they're playing for a division still, but you've got friction between the GM and head coach. You know, we've got real quarterback controversy. You know, locked has played very poorly when he's played. Hasselback shown his age. And, and he's hurt. And he's hurt. Exactly. And and this defense isn't very good. We're one small hit on Matt Hasselback away from Charlie Whitehurst and, and TJ uh Yates Yates being the two quarterbacks battling for the winning of a division the week before Christmas. And they're today. playing Houston defense. J.J. Watt is probably licking his chops to get it. club on his hand. To, that just to get after Hasselback. Hasselback can't move. No, he may die today. There's <laughs> a good chance. Of, you know, J.J. comes in with that club and just yeah. comes with it. You know, I'd love to see it. 
Right. He probably won't because it might mess up his hand more. But maybe That's it's, true. It's an intense game, and he just takes that club. He may not think about it, it, yeah. Puts Hassel back to sleep just right. based on muscle memory. <laughs> exactly. All right, Rick. Well, let's. I'll tell you what. Let's get into it so we can discuss them a little more thoroughly. Right. Well, let's get into picking games now. We let's get do done it. early. I've got the most mail we've had all season. I've got. And let, let's do full disclosure. We'll start with the Jets and Dallas that we oh, covered yeah. on Wednesday. Yeah, who'd I pick? I had the Jets thirty-one I, to nine. Yeah, I, I, had the, I had the Jets thirty-one twenty. I mean, we were a little off. I mean, we got the the winner obviously, but you know, Dallas defense certainly acquitted themselves. You know, last up. night. It, they did. And after they let Eddie Lacy and Starks run all over him exactly. last week and then just shut Chris Ivory down. Yeah, now, a little pile of different situation, but most of his was his receiving. Yes, yeah, what, seven grabs, six of them right, right in a row there right before halftime. That Dallas defense, when you talk about Des Bryant and certain pieces of that offense quitting, that defense didn't quit. Sean Lee didn't quit. As much as I hate him, Greg Hardy didn't quit. He was a maniac yeah, last night. No doubt. So, yeah, we got that one right. So, yep. 1-0 off to a good start. Let's see if we can keep it rolling. Rick, we talked about this one a little bit earlier, Kansas City at Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think this is going to be an ugly game. I think this could be a, a game Kansas City needs to be careful with. However, I think they're a much better team. They're much healthier. I got Kansas City 24, Baltimore 14. Yeah, I honestly think, look, if – if uh, and I, I just went blank here. If where – if Ware had been declared out today, West would immediately jump into my top five. Deal with both of these guys, even against this bad rush defense. I might be avoiding these. I'm certainly avoiding Ware based on the injury. West is intriguing, but if Ware does stay healthy, he's going to take so much of that work. I like Jeremy Macklin. Kelsey, what about Travis Kelsey? He makes me nervous. He's kind of gone oh, away. He's kind of Travis Kelsey, to me, is a sit. You know, number one, Baltimore's tough against tight ends, mm-hmm. and Kelsey's been sort of underwhelming as of late. Depending on who you can pick up in your league to start, yeah, I mean, obviously. he may have no other option, but he, right, and he certainly—it's kind of like, you know, not the exact same thing, but sort of like, uh, you know, gee, whoever Forte hasn't been playing well, should I right. bench him? Well, you know, you better look to see who you're going to yeah. stick in there before him because he's still a force to be reckoned with. But, yeah, he's not hes not really attractive today. No, no. So, anyhow, all of that, Alex Smith, whoever recommended him as a start, is donkey. It's just simple as that. If well, look, Alex Smith is going to give you what you expect from Alex Smith right. and fantasy. He's got the legs to get a few points on the ground. Could you know? Could throw a couple of touchdowns. Jeremy Macklin. I've been liking what I'm seeing in in Alex Smith. He's starting to go deep a lot more. Right. You know, as opposed to what he used to do. But um, yeah, I mean, I just wouldn't expect anything huge out of him. No. Here's the bottom line: If you're in your conference final, all right. So we're recommending this guy to start maybe in a daily league. Right. But when we're talking, if you're sitting here in your conference final, you probably haven't been rolling the waiver wire with your quarterbacks and no, with all the injuries that have happened in the last couple of weeks, there's been no major, you didn't get to your conference final starting Brian Hoyer every week, which is the only quarterback <laughs> who's gone down. So whoever you have that got you to this point, you're not playing Alex Smith. Over. Right. That's my only point at Kansas city in an ugly one, 17, 11 Houston travels to Indianapolis, take on the Colts battle for the AFC South. Ridiculously. It is. The only thing crazy thing is one of these teams has to win. Right. And um, I think Houston right now is the better team. We talked about all this dysfunctionality in quarterback 
problems with Indianapolis. I think it continues against his defense. I just like Houston in a pretty close one, though, 27-21. DJ Yeldon seems to know this offense. They didn't miss much when, when Hoyer was out previously with these, this concussion. <clears throat> Yates. Did I say Yeldon? Yeah. I keep wanting to do that. TJ Yates. If I recall correctly, DeAndre Hopkins had one of his better games this season with Yates starting. I don't think they missed much there. The the Colts defense just stinks, quite frankly. So I think this is useless. I'm going to call it close just because these games are close and ugly, and, and uh, Yates will make some mistakes. I got Houston 24-21. Let's not – forget that we uh declared last week in fact you took indianapolis i took jacksonville that it was going to be a close game oh yeah, yeah. well we found out we were wrong there <laughs> didn't we yeah but i mean i'm not sure about indy they they could be how do you recover from giving up 50 to jacksonville well i think this is going to be a real character game for indianapolis we'll find out how you come back from getting blowed out from yeah. a division opponent you either take a stand at home and, and, and come together as a team and you pull off a win or at least you play very competitively or you're going to get blowed out yeah, again. Yeah, and it very well could happen. And as a DeAndre Hopkins owner right. in three leagues that are you're in the looking for the blowout. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the blowout here. All right, Rick, we've got Atlanta traveling. Those dogs, you're talking about dogs. Those dogs, Atlanta traveling to uh, Jacksonville all of a sudden look like uh, the mid-'80s 49ers. They have a good offense. Portal. You know, it, it's – it's a weird game because both these teams are very weird. And this is the kind of game both these teams lose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, somebody has to win them. Atlanta, to me, boy, I'll tell you what, I don't know what to make of this team. They're just not very good. How they started off 5-1 and one or whatever it was, I, I really don't know. But Matty Ice, to me, is I, – I, he, he misses so much. I've been watching – you know, some of these films and everything, and wide open. He, oh, he's, missing, he's standing out there looking totally confused. I like Jacksonville, 31-24. Yeah, the team's dogs. Matt Ryan's a dog. Now, I am going to caution you this. Not that I'm going to tell you, and this is where I'm nervous. You know, we recommended Denard Robinson Jr. I'm, I'm not kidding you, Rick. 85% of our questions this week involved Denard Robinson which is logical. We've gotten to that point of the season where everybody's pretty well set. And you, you've got this extra. Right. You've got this extra piece who's intriguing. When Jacksonville's in this type of game, where you think these teams are both good offensively, but they're both bad teams, this game should be played in the 40s, right? How many times have we seen Jacksonville playing games like this and either win or lose 16 to 13? I'm nervous about that for this game. Yeah, Both of these teams, this game should finish up about 42-39, something like that. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm going to take Jacksonville here 27-24. I think it's closer than it should be. I think Jacksonville could certainly blow them out. I'm nervous we don't see the fireworks we generally see out of these. You would expect when these two teams play each other. Just, I know it's a it's a trend for Jacksonville and Atlanta just being the dogs they are. They could easily go out and put up nine, <laughs> irregardless of opponent. And the that one is, makes me nervous. It doesn't. This is what the whole thing about this game. We're spending way too much time on it, but fantasy wise, it's important. It wouldn't surprise me if Atlanta went out and won thirty four seven. Yeah, I, Jacksonville yeah. is is that t- until they, you know, I think they took a big step last week, blowing out Indianapolis, getting right back in that division. You know, I've talked about this with you many times. If they can get over that hump, I think this team could actually 
offensively start yeah. getting better just from a confidence level. And that def- uh, that division is These there are the for type the of games they have to go out. They're better than Atlanta. They should beat them. Right. But that doesn't mean they will. No, exactly. And I just – there's every possibility. I'm not predicting it, but every possibility this could be an ugly game, which is why I'm gritting my teeth with Denard Robinson. Right. I really am. And I think you're going to see that trend from me anyhow. And I'll be curious how where you and Scott fall on a lot of these questions. All right, got to move on from that one, Rick. Chicago at Minnesota. Minnesota is a better team. They're at home. I'm not nearly as impressed with Teddy Bridgewater as I was at the beginning of the season. But, boy, I'm impressed with Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. and what they do in defense. I like Minnesota 24-20. Yeah, I think this is a monster game for Adrian Peterson. He's been limited. I don't want to say shut down, but limited the last couple of weeks against some tough defenses. This Minnesota team, here's what they've proven to be. They're they're right in the middle. They're right at average. They're not good enough yet to beat better teams home or on the road, right? I mean, we saw that right. with Seattle. Right. They're not ready to step up and beat better teams, but they are good enough and solid enough. They're going to beat teams they're better than. The Minnesota Vikings are better than the Chicago Bears. I, I think I'm going to keep it close just because it's a division, division matchup. I got Minnesota 33-27. Uh, moving on, Tennessee at New England. <laughs> Uh, should go. Gronk should well, go. I know Edelman's out. I know crap. Brady had the sniffles, but I think he's going to be fine. I like New England, forty-two seventeen. Yeah, I got forty-one to ten. Uh, I don't know. You, another one we get. Brandon Bolden comes up in the mailbag a lot. Rick, right? James White a lot. You, you're messing with this Patriot. It's a good rush defense for for Tennessee. You're messing with either of these guys. I know it depends on who you have, but just in right. general, you love to say that. But I know in it, general. Yeah, I'm going to say in general, no. Yeah, in general, no. I agree. I, I just don't like messing with New England backs, period. I mean, I haven't for years. Back, right. You go back to the Kevin Falk days. Kevin Falk sat on every fantasy <laughs> bench Absolutely. all season. Every team I some, ever had. And when somebody went down, he seemed to deliver, but you better pick the right week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm generally no. Yeah, I don't think this one's close. Now, this is a game I do think is going to be close. This is the 1 o'clock tilt I will be paying attention to, Rick. Carolina at the New York Giants. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. We covered on the Fantasy Sports Network show uh, Wednesday. I have been looking for somebody to beat Carolina because I just don't think they're going 16-0. and Lo and behold, I am taking the Giants this week 34-30 in a real shootout. Here's what we know. New York Giants ain't scared if you're undefeated. Eli Manning ain't scared if you're undefeated. What bothers me is that I got the Giants as well, 23-20. I think it's close. I think the Jonathan Stewart injury is significant. Greg Olson's going to go, but he's banged up. I think this has got to get in your head. You know, I know it's Riverboat Ron, and he's not afraid to take some chances. I grant you all of that. But I think it's got to be in the back of your head. You almost have to back down just a little bit. you got some major stars nicked up here. I don't think you worry about Cam Newton as much. I hope I don't jinx him. In fact, I'm going to knock on wood here. He seems about invincible, quite frankly. He's just too big and too strong. I wish Eli Manning hadn't been the stud he was last week because he doesn't often string them together this time of year. 
But Eli Manning isn't afraid of an undefeated. But it was team. hard not to be. I mean, they didn't even cover people. Right. Well, that's <laughs> you know, last true. week. It was hard Miami, not to have a big game. Miami's still trying to catch up with Odell Beckham. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I've never. It's just so ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. But I think the Giants are equipped to win a game like this. I think this is the time of year. If they're going to turn it on, they turn it on. They're they're one of those teams. They are just as capable of going out and laying a complete egg. Yeah. Or going out and dominating a team as good as Carolina. I think the Giants find a way to win this one twenty three to twenty. Wow, we agree. Yep, this is a tough one to call here, Rick. Buffalo at Washington. It's a horrible game to call as far as I'm concerned. Washington's been very impressive what they've put together this year. I mean, they're in horrible division, but right. they're, they're in the lead. They're right. tied for the lead. Buffalo's starting to get a little sour what's happening up there. And, you know, they had, you know, they brought in Rex thinking he was going to be the glue to pull all this team together and they were going to be a dominant defense. They were going to put it together and challenge New England this that year. defense is what, maybe barely above average? Yeah, I agree. Not great. That being said, I think somewhere along the line, Buffalo finds a way to win this game. And it's going to be close. I like Buffalo 26, Washington 21. Yeah, we, we've got two things at work here. You, know, you try to identify trends when you pick games, obviously. So you have one trend where Kirk Cousins and the Redskins as a team, but I don't think that they're mutually exclusive, are really good at home. Completely different teams at home, save for that, that complete meltdown against uh, the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago. But the other trend you have going here is it's been well over a calendar year since this team's won two games in a row. They don't win two yeah. games in a row. Right. And especially against a quality opponent. And I consider while Buffalo <clears throat> has struggled at times, that's still a quality opponent. I, I'm going to go with the trend that Washington just doesn't win two in a row. I don't think in a division with the Giants coming on, with the Eagles as frustrating as they are, at least with the talent, with the athletes they have, I don't think Washington's equipped to win a division like this. They're not there yet. So I've got Buffalo 33-24. I think Tyrod Taylor, LaShawn McCoy have big games. But let me throw this out there, a little nugget. Deshaun Jackson, a guy you hate. I love watching you just saying a name, watching you tense yeah, up when I, I say <laughs> that name. I think he has a big game today. Kirk Cousins plays really well at home, and if you watch Buffalo, they are very, very susceptible to the deep ball. That's where they're susceptible. That's where you can beat them. And if Washington were to win this game, and I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they did, it's going to be Deshaun Jackson having a big game. But I almost guarantee he has one long touchdown, and maybe you hope for another one because the Buffalo is very, very vulnerable deep. So something to watch out there for, and, and this, you're this trying is to one, plug in a flex. This Sean is one Jack. where this is one area here that I'm going to disagree with you on. I think Pierre Garcon is up for a bigger game than Jackson because Buffalo is susceptible to that. So what are you going to do? You're going to guard against that susceptibility you may. in your game. And what do you do if they're shutting down one thing? Well, okay, let's go to this. Garcon is so dependable. Yeah. Well, I'm going to – Jordan Reed's actually the, the big well, one. Exactly. The real big one. Yeah. But I think – but it, they're susceptible to that because of a stubbornness, frankly, of Rex Ryan that you were talking about. He's going to Good keep putting that pass rush on. He's going to keep that one-on-one, those zero, those zero coverage blitz. And let it to a guy like Deshaun get deep. He's stubborn with that. Irregardless, we've seen it. We've seen it cost them games, quite frankly, 
when when they're not getting to the quarterback. So just just a tidbit out there. I know you don't want to give Deshaun any any props whatsoever. Hey, look, that's okay. I was on his side there. What was last week? I believe on the slant. I begrudgingly <laughs> went with Deshaun Jackson as a recommendation. I mean, you have to be logical, and he is a dangerous weapon, yeah. no doubt about All it. All right, well, let's keep moving here. We got uh, we got about ten minutes. We'll get Scott in here. I hope uh, Green Bay at Oakland. This is an intriguing matchup. It's a very intriguing game, and, and you know as well as anybody, my conundrum going into this week. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been riding Derek Carr and Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I was in a real, real mess trying to figure out which one to start. I ended up going with Fitzpatrick. I, I'm second-guessing myself, although he did pass well at 299 yards. He only had the one score, and he did have a pick. So, you know, I, I'm looking for this game to be kind of high scoring, as I was looking for the Jets to score a lot of points last night, too. But I like Green Bay just a little bit. I just think they're a more mature team, and I and I think they've, you know, they're farther along in Oakland, obviously. Right. I like Green Bay 31, Oakland 27. Yeah. I think this is big games for the running backs. As long as Oakland – here's your fear with Oakland. Oakland could keep this close and, frankly, could win this game. And I'm going to reflect that in the final score I predict. There's also a good possibility that Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, just being Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers here at the end of December, goes into a young and up-and-coming but still young Oakland team and just blows their doors off in, in the first quarter and a half. So there's that concern. But assuming this thing stays close, Rick, this is a big game for both running backs. I right. think Eddie Lacy, as long as he showed up on time, and believe me, I'm going to be reading every piece of material I can coming out of Wisconsin in the last three days to make sure he showed up to everything on time as I'm relying on Eddie Lacy to move on to a championship as he almost boned me out of the playoffs two weeks ago because I had no idea coming <laughs> in that he was in the doghouse. We didn't find it out till halftime of that game that he was even in the doghouse. Eddie Lacy, I think he rolls big here. Oakland's very susceptible to the run. And I think Latavius Murray, if they can keep this game close, I think that's what you do. You take out of that Green Bay secondary away and you get Latavius Murray rolling. I got Green Bay 24-23. I really do think this game's a coin toss. I just think Aaron Rodgers this time of year, still in a division race, quite frankly, finds a way to get it done. And I think you hit on a good point. Oakland, to win this game, needs to have all phases of their offense working. You know, Latavius Murray has to get it going. I was high on this guy from day one, preseason all the way through. It just hasn't. Been broken through, yeah, that's about all. But he he needs a big game for them to open things up for Amari Cooper and yeah. so forth. And Cooper you know, going the wrong direction exactly the last couple of weeks. Is that ghost? I can hear it rumbling in the back. I am not kidding you, folks. It is literally eighteen degrees up here in the studio it, today. It's so crazy. We're sitting in today. front of a fireplace. Yeah, you did bring in the fire. We have a fireplace. Like we have he. I mean, it's posh. He's sitting. <laughs> yeah, in I don't a, think you know what posh means. A leather <laughs> chair. He's sitting in a leather. Do you chair. know what leather is? This is not leather. What are you talking about? I, You're delusional. I, I don't know what I don't know what he's talking about. Well, anyway, let's happy, get moving I am on. happy to come here. As this is your big time of year, is now let's, a let's put it this way, folks. Once Christmas season's over, we ain't going to be doing it here anymore. No, 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 it's cold. What, next week will be the last slant? No, two weeks. Are we going to do a slant week 17, or is next week going to be the last? Uh, we'll I guess we probably have to do Probably next week right? will be. Well, we'll decide. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. I like to do show business on the air. All right, Rick, Cleveland at Seattle. How much time do you want to spend on that? 37-14 Seattle. 142-6 to six, <laughs> Seattle. I don't. 
Well, I think we talked about enough. I don't expect these ridiculous numbers out of. Uh, I guess you got to start Baldwin, right? You got to ride the hot hand. But I, I think this takes a step back. I think Seattle. This is the type of game you get Cleveland at home. You're on this kind of roll. I think this is the kind of game where you do this because they've this been trying. Is also, this is also a type of game where you could start a Barnage or even a, a Benjamin be garbage for time. garbage time. going to be garbage time. Exactly. And garbage time, good. Ask a Mike Evans owner looking to get to a championship. Right. Round. That all happened in the fourth quarter when they were down three scores. Yep. Garbage time, good. Yeah. yeah like a caveman. You're good. You're yeah. good. But I feel like, does it feel like, Rick, am I nuts? You know, I, I joked around with the score. And Seattle's going to win this game, and they're going to win it comfortably. But you've been fighting and scratching to get back in the playoffs. Now they've got themselves firmly, I think, back in the playoffs. You're at home. It's Christmas week. You're taking on the Cleveland Browns. Doesn't it feel like a game where if you're a team like the Seahawks, you do this? (sighs) I did what I had to do. Now I'm going to go out and win this game, but (sighs) who is – Relax a little bit. Who is the Super Bowl champion? Patriots. Who'd they beat? The Seahawks. Uh-uh. They're going to put the boots to the throat. They're in position now. They're a seasoned team. They know what it takes. You know, you they want revenge. They want to get no, back to that no, Super Bowl. I, I understand that. What I'm talking about is in terms of this balls to the wall, flinging it around, scoring 40. And I think the defense does what they do because that's what they do. I just feel like – I don't want to call it a trap game because I still think they're going to win it comfortably, but I think they just relax a little bit. I, I think don't know. They just, I, I, I don't think so. I, I think this team is mean enough and, and dangerous enough. They're, they're – you know, Pete Carroll with all his jumping around and happiness, he's just as determined as a Belichick. Yeah, hey, you oh, get a certainly. team down. It doesn't matter if it's forty to three. It, it could be forty-eight three. It, it's fine with them. It, well, you know, that, that, that that's where I'm going. All with right, that. I'm just I'm predicting a little bit of a. I don't know how to write this down, or I make it the show title. <sighs> I don't know how you spell that. All right, A H H H H H. I like it. All Good right. enough. All right, Rick. Game of the week: Denver here in Western PA, freezing their tails off, taking on the Steelers. Well, uh, oh, it's probably warmer in Heinz Field than it is in this freaking studio. <laughs> yeah. What I mean was it going to be eighty at the stadium? I'd kind of doubt it. Eighty below. I tell you what, I I think this is a going to be a good game. Number one, Pittsburgh secondary is suspect, and they have Demarius Thomas, they have Emmanuel Sanders. You know, Vernon Davis scares me a little bit. They haven't been using him, but I tell you what, this guy's a beast. So you pick him up. I'd actually dropped him. I considered him playing him, but I couldn't. I'm not got... playing him this week. I'm mean, basically. You starting to see a rapport there. Checking with to see a little bit how he does against this Pittsburgh defense, who is fairly decent against tight end scoring because wide receivers burn him. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I like Pittsburgh thirty-one twenty-four. Yeah, I think the Steelers just find a way. They, not no, they don't find a way. Osweiler doesn't finish drives. You know, look, McManus has a big game today. They don't seem to be able to finish, which plays right in the Steelers' hands. They bend but don't break. They'll let you get down to the twenty with no effort and no resistance whatsoever. And then they seem to tighten up a little bit. Look, this is a guy who's playing against both of these guys trying to get to a championship, Rick. Demarius Thomas has 10 catches today. I promise you. I don't know what the yardage is, but Demarius Thomas will catch 10 or more balls this week. There's no question about it. And there's always budgeted that. There's always a change of personnel on a team, but don't think Pittsburgh doesn't remember Tim Tebow. Yeah, a 2011 playoff game against Denver. To an unknown receiver named Demarius Thomas, if I recall. Well, yeah, but um, 
you know, Mike Tallman was there. Yeah. And I, I think this is – this actually has a little bit of play in here. Oh, this is a playoff game. game. This is a playoff yeah. game. At minimum for, for the Steelers is a play. Their Definitely. playoffs start now as the Jets win again. Yep. Kansas City has an absurdly easy schedule. You get over this one, then you got go to Baltimore and Cleveland. Right. You got your destiny in your hands at this point. I think they find a way. Osweiler's inability to finish drives and the amount of sacks he takes, I think, is the difference here. But look. We got to talk about this a little bit. I'm still playing D'Angelo. I think you don't see him running the ball everywhere, but you see him have the type of game he did in Seattle where they work him into the passing game. I think Heath Miller has a big game. A.B., you don't mess with him, obviously. They could limit him like Seattle did, but you don't mess with him. I think Bryant's the X factor on offense. But look, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas is going to catch 10. Emmanuel Sanders is probably going to return a punt for a touchdown. It, it, it is a, I don't want to call it a revenge game, but he's going to want this one. I buy into stuff like that. Right. So I think it's going to look good offensively in the numbers, but I think it holds the score down. I got the Steelers 23-20, quite frankly. All I think right. it's that type of game. We have Miami at San Diego. This should be a fantasy bonanza. It should be on the San Diego side, considering Miami has a rough time covering anybody. Of course, San Diego's pitiful on defense as well. So, you know, you can look a lot for uh, Landry and Tannehill as well and Lamar Miller. Somewhere along the line, the bleeding has to stop, right? You would think. San Diego 31, Miami 27. I like it. I like it a lot. Rick taking a chance there. I don't have the guts to do it. I got Miami 17-13. I think this one could end up being a little bit ugly, quite frankly. I predicted this a couple times. Those always go the opposite way that, that I predict them to go. I think Landry's too much. I think Lamar Miller had a really, really big game. Obviously, I don't think I'm breaking any news there. One guy to watch for, Malcolm Floyd, and we're going to talk about him at the top of the mailbag segment when we get there. Which we're going to have to get there pretty yeah, soon. Steve, yeah, we'll hurry up here. Stevie Johnson out. Looks like Inman's back. Malcolm Floyd has announced his retirement. This is going to be his last home game, his last game with Phillip Rivers. Malcolm Floyd, a guy to keep an eye on. But let's save that for later. Cincinnati, uh, under or a banged-up Cincinnati team at San Francisco. Yeah, I think Cincinnati wins this on defense. I like Cincinnati 23, San Francisco 10. Ah. San Francisco 16, Cincinnati 13, Rick. You got the young quarterback making his first start. He put up a little bit of numbers against Pittsburgh, but he did it against Pittsburgh, and that's important to me. San Francisco's bad, but they can limit a guy like that. You take Tyler Eifert away, drones running the ball well. Gabbert, he, he's held his own. He's going to struggle here, but I think this is the type of game. If this is in Cincinnati, I'd flip it the other way, but I'm going to pull in the upset here. I got the 49ers 16-13 Sunday night. Good luck figuring these two teams, Rick. Arizona travels to Philadelphia. Oh, well, I good mean, luck figuring Philadelphia. Yeah, I was going to say it's easy to figure Arizona. Yeah. They're bad. And i tell you what, I, th- I like Arizona. Philadelphia is not as good as them. Arizona 35, Philly 24. Do you remember a game, Rick, earlier this year when an Arizona team that was just rolling traveled to Heinz Field to take on Landry Jones in the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field? All right. This team doesn't travel well. Simple as that for me. I don't know how. I don't know why. Philadelphia's put it together again, which means they're due to go out and lay an egg. I got the Eagles, Rick, 27-24. I, just, right. I don't like Arizona coming east. I really don't. 
which bodes well for Carolina as we get uh, towards the NFC Championship. And Monday night, you want to talk about fantasy bonanzas, Rick. Unbelievable. Detroit going to New Orleans. The fantasy God shown upon us for this one in your conference championship. Conference finals could not have a better Monday night game than Detroit-New Orleans. Actually, I've got Calvin Johnson on Monday night. I am – I mean, New Orleans is, I believe, 30th in the league giving up fantasy points to wide receivers. And, you know, Detroit's not that good either. 41-33, yeah. Detroit. Yeah, this is one of those games that should be a complete and utter shootout. And a lot of times those go the other way. I don't think – Nine-six. Yeah, I don't think there's any way this one goes the other way. It's New Orleans 31-24. Love Staff, love both quarterbacks. Love Stafford, love Breeze. Calvin should get it going. Yeah, Cooks. I want to talk about Colston here at the top of the mailbag. Everybody, absolutely. Hightower, quite frankly, get, get him in. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe Riddick. I don't know what to tell you at the running back position. But load up on this game, and it's always nice having those big options on Monday night. So that is it. 31 24 New Orleans, I think I was supposed to say there. All right, looks like we have got Mr. Fish on the line. Time to dive into that mailbag. Mr. Scott Fish, good morning. How's Minnesota today? Oh, it's good. It's good. It was uh, 22 degrees yesterday, and I was wearing a T-shirt. Uh, one of these days it'll get colder, but that's okay. Uh, how's, uh, how's old Snuffy doing, too? <laughs> old Snuffy. All right, Snuffy run off here. I don't know. He, uh... You got a panic look on it. Oh, here he's coming back. Snuffy, Snuff. How you doing today, Snuff? Come on. Come on. Look, I got my son taking care of things while I <laughs> carry this show, so I just wanted to make sure things were all right. But anyway, Scott, I didn't hear what you said, so I'm sure that you were throwing he just darts. Wanted, he just wanted to know how Snuffy was doing today. That's all. <laughs> oh, Snuffy. He's you know, I don't think we're going to hear back from Weird today. We recommend he sit that Jacksonville <laughs> Right at the end of the show. Well, you know, I talked to Weird, and he actually um, Did he ignore us? ignored us and started Jack. <laughs> Wise decision there. There, Weird. Good deal. All right, let's get right into it. We, we've got so much to get let's to. Let's start so. with the chat room oh, first. Okay. There's been a question sitting there for some time, and oh. uh, we were picking, so we'll get to it. We have a uh, silent assassin has a limping squad that needs some playoff help. Get your little pencil out, Rick. It's I right lost, there. Oh, there, there you go. I lost it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bright green. It's hard to see. I got a lot going on. Here. But we need three in standard out of C.J. Anderson, Brandon Bolden, Fozzie Whitaker, Deshaun Jackson, Ryan Matthews, Ronnie Hillman. Oh man, Carlos Williams. Carlos. And we need three. So, to me, the first one that sticks out is, is uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, he's number one for me on yeah. this list. We talked about that earlier. Exactly. I got to go him. Um, I tell you what, I think, I think I might have to gamble. And I say, ah, boy, I tell you, it is tough. Um, boy, I tell you what, that, that is a tough one there. You know, Ryan Matthews is intriguing. Right. And I think I'm going to go with Matthews, and then I think I'm going uh, Fozzie. Fozzie Whitaker. I think they're going to work him into the game. Yeah, I, I, This giant game, I see points all over the place. I could be wrong. It could be 9-3 for all I know. But uh, I, I think I would gamble with a third one on Fozzie Whitaker. All right. Uh, Scott, where are you at on that mess? Well, that is – 
That is quite a mess. Uh, I'm with uh, I'm with you guys. See Jack number one for me. I think uh, I have a tie for number two here. This is gonna sound kind of weird, but I think Ryan Matthews and Brandon Bolden would be my number two, and then Fozzie is really close right behind them. So I'm gonna go D-Jack, Brandon Bolden, and Ryan Matthews. The Patriots are only going into this game with two running backs. It it feels like they're gonna get at least something, you know. Yeah, D-Jax is my one. I had Bolden at two. It comes down to Whitaker and Matthews for me. And with me, I, somehow I think Philadelphia is going to win this game, and I think Ryan Matthews will be a big part of that. We certainly know it's not going to be DeMarco Murray. How much do you give the ball to Darren Sproles is where I'm nervous. So I think I'm with you, Scott. This is bad news. I think it's two weeks in a row. We're starting off on the wrong foot here. I got D-Jax, I got Bolden, and I got Ryan Matthews. I love that we put Snuffy on an island with Fozzie. <laughs> That's right, Fawzi Island. And, and on Fawzi Island. That's Snuffy <laughs> on Fawzi Island. That's like, like some sort of sitcom or something. Yeah, it's a little children's book. It's only supposed to be a three-hour cruise. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we have standard scoring with Chikandrick West or Bryce Brown if Ware plays. Uh, looks like Ware's going to play. I think I'm still going to go go West here. I, I just I don't want to mess with that Seattle situation. I'm. I worry about West, but I also worry about where taking one hit and, and aggravating those ribs. You can run all over Baltimore. I, I'm going to go West here. Scott. Did you say standard, standard or PPR? Standard. I'm going to go Bryce Brown. I know it's super unconventional. I, I, I like West like a whole lot more in PPR. Uh, but uh, I, just, I just think that Seattle team's going to get up and they're going to run. And I, I think Bryce Brown's going to get at least 10 to 12 carries minimum today. Maybe even a touchdown. I'm going to go Brown. I'm going to have to agree with Scott. I think I'm going Bryce Brown on this one, too. For, for everything that he said, I think they're going to be up. I think they're going to run the ball. I think he, you know, gets plenty of work. And I'm going Bryce Brown. All right. We caught up in there, Rick. No, no, no. Let's, no. let's do okay. it. Okay. Standard scoring. All right. Standard. Jordan Reed. Antonio Gates. Jordan Reed, not even close to me. Not even close yep. to me. Not close to me either, Jordan Reed. I know you love Gates. Rick. Oh, I love yeah. Gates. And, and, you know, he's very possible for two touchdowns. But logic plays. I mean, Reed is this constant threat all yeah. the time. I he's like, going to catch eight. Yeah, I like yeah, Jordan Reed as well. I understand it's a standard, but he's yeah. going to catch eight. Standard scoring. Julius Thomas, Delaney Walker. I think it's Julius Thomas without even hesitation. Oh, oh, I'm not – go ahead, Scott. Yeah, I have a little bit more hesitation than you do, but I also agree with Julius Thomas. I think he has a better chance of the touchdown. Yeah, yeah, I hesitate a lot because, yeah, I expect garbage time here. I think, you know, New England can go up in this one real big, real quick, and as they fling it around, Walker's going to be the first option. I'm going to go with Thomas here. I'm going to make it unanimous. He should get in the end zone. I think he's almost a guarantee to get in the end zone. I hope he does, and Alan Hearns doesn't for uh, two of my leagues this <laughs> week. So maybe this is more me rooting, but that that's really close for me. I don't want to just sit back and count on garbage time, though, and that's the tiebreaker for me. Right. Does it, okay, does it, help, you that, uh, does it help you that uh, um, the Falcons are, like, bottom five against tight ends and New England is top five against tight ends? That's, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that makes me feel better. If you want to bring stats into the conversation, 
Okay, one more out of the chat room, and we get to the mailbag. Now, here's one that's kind of a speculating question. If Megatron somehow sits on Monday night, would you go Colston, Lance Moore, or Brandon Coleman? Oh, I, I, Colston, I think. Although I'm nervous he had his big game last week, so he may may not catch a ball. But on that list, yeah, I, I think I – yeah, <laughs> I hate to say it. I think I would go Colston. I think I would, too. I have no fear. To be honest with you, I don't have any fear that, that Calvin sits. Look, he didn't practice yesterday. But if you look back, he hasn't practiced – the last, I think, three or four Fridays. I don't think he's and practiced they, since 2009. And they played on – they hadn't played practice on the last three or four Fridays, and they played on Sunday. He didn't practice yesterday. They play on Monday. This is a maintenance sit-out. He, he's going to be in there. It's a juicy matchup. He's fine. But that being said, I'd go Colston in case. Yeah, I actually don't have this close. Brandon Coleman has had over three targets. Uh, just once in the last 11 weeks, and that was the uh, big uh, four catch for uh, 73 yards against Carolina. Other than that, the guy gets one to three targets per game. I cannot trust that at all. No, I agree. And Lance Moore, I mean, he's he's yeah, I mean, he wasn't even in the conversation when it comes to that. Right, so exactly. I agree. All right, let's get to this mailbag, Rick. First question comes from my favorite listener, Rick. I think you're familiar with this guy. Yeah, he's some old <laughs> he's lost loser T- drunk. He lost T.J. Yeldon and didn't have enough free agent dollars to pick up Denard Robinson, so he's in a bit of a flex conundrum. Okay. So he says, hi, guys, love the show, especially that Rick Flieger, the <laughs> oracle. He's a genius. He had parenthetically. Got a PPR flex issue. Had Jordan Matthews in line with that tough matchup, went out and picked up Marcus Colston with that great matchup, and Malcolm Floyd with another great matchup against Miami. Who do you start in your flex? PPR, Jordan Matthews, Marquise Colston, Malcolm Floyd. Scott, go for it. I think I'm sticking with J-Matt. And it's really weird, but somehow, I mean, I, I know nothing about this person, but he sounds really attractive as well. I, he is. Really He's good. an awesome guy. Yeah, I I actually know who the listener is, Scott, and he's this fat, <laughs> flat-headed, drunken. Why are you talking about our listeners like that? Because <laughs> he'll listen no matter what. That's true. He's, I mean, you know, he's, he's stupid. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's illiterate, and, and I mean, he's just a disgusting human being. <laughs> but he does listen to the show, so we will dignify it with an answer. So, so you got Matthews. Well, I got Matthews, but here's the fun one. I mean, Matthews plays Sunday night, and uh, and uh, Colston plays Monday night. So th- this guy could uh, torture himself all day if he doesn't pick Floyd. That's true. And I can tell you, I talked to him. I had a long conversation with him this morning on the drive up here. And I don't know if you heard us earlier in the show, but talking about you know, Malcolm Floyd, when you got Stevie Johnson out, no, he only caught three balls last week, which was disappointing. Last home game, expected to retire. Great matchup. Uh, Miami's still trying to find Odell Beckham. There's something intriguing about Floyd this week, but but the listener doesn't know if you, you just do you get that cute here in a conference final. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you have two really good matchups and one bad one. The guy you should be playing has a terrible matchup that's with Arizona. Not me, the listener. Well, I'm saying you oh, in general, okay. you, know, okay. you know, to all of our listeners. Right, right. Um Marquise Colston 
to me is, I tell you what, he's very intriguing. But boy, you're playing with fire. Malcolm Floyd to me is the is the biggest roll of the dice. Right. I mean, he could be he could disappear. I tell you what, I I think I'd roll with Colston. I okay. think he just has the chemistry with Breeze. And if it turns into a shootout, which I think it does in Detroit, I think Breeze is going to re- rely on him. I think what this listener could do, would this listener be crazy to, to plug Jordan Matthews in, see how the one and four o'clock games go. Maybe if you're just looking to play it safe, this listener could go with Jordan Matthews. And if you find yourself behind and shooting for the moon, maybe you roll with Marcus Colston on Monday night, make that late switch. I think that's sort of to Scott's point, driving yourself, driving himself crazy all day. Yeah. I mean, you, that listener will be driving himself mad, but unfortunately it's a short drive. And (laughs) I wish he wouldn't talk about (laughs) He's a nice guy. (laughs) No, I think that's a smart move. Cute as a button. button. Playing on Playing on Briggs' notion of Michael Floyd being a roll of the dice, uh, four of the last six games, Michael Floyd has been held to 15 yards or less. That is not something I want to trust. Are you talking about Michael or Malcolm? Because it's M- Malcolm, Mal- not Malcolm. Michael. That's what yeah, I thought. Malcolm yeah. Floyd. Yeah, I would not want to trust Malcolm Floyd, to be honest with you. It's Colston or Matthews with me. But um, he's really – he's got this little – this listener has this – and, and it's quite substantial, a gut feeling um, about Malcolm Floyd because of this retirement thing. I mean, it's one thing, I guess, if Brett Favre retires, but nobody cares if Malcolm Floyd retires. Well, that's a fair point, too. Well, when you have a gut feeling, like, you got to wonder, is the person with the gut feeling, does he have a substantial gut? <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's growing. It's. It's slowly great. It used to be very substantial, but then he, then this listener actually got on some sort of a fitness kick, lost a bunch of weight, and now it's just kind of slowly, slowly growing again. Slowly working its way back up. So maybe he'll do the New Year's thing. All right, I, I think that's that's what the I'm going to recommend to the dear listener. He's going to plug in Jordan Matthews and see how the day goes. So let's get in. Let's help somebody else. We don't want to just focus on this listener. We need a we need a running back and a flex in a full point PPR out of this list. Chikandrick West, Hightower. Well, never mind. I <laughs> I got to throw that question out. We already answered it because Decker played last night. Uh, Lacey, D'Angelo Williams, Denard Robinson, Brandon Bolden. We got to pick two. Lacey, D'Angelo, Robinson, and Bolden. Um, give me Lacey. Yeah, but you can only have two. I doesn't say anything about a Give flat. me Lacey and D'Angelo. I, I'm going with the guys I've been riding. And I, I know everybody likes the Denard Robinson play, and I do too, but I am going with the two big horses and Lacey and D'Angelo. It's PPR, correct? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm going with those two. Gosh, I do not like D'Angelo against Denver, but – Man, it's really, really tough to set D'Angelo this year. Uh, I think, did he say PPR or? Yeah, PPR. Oh, that makes it even tougher. I think I'm going to be the, I'm going to go Lacey and D-Well too. I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I can't bench him. Lacey and D-Well. I so badly want to get Hightower in there because I love that Detroit matchup on Monday night. I like being in your, Week 15 game with point with a guy left on Monday night, but I just can't do it. So tough. 
Yeah, for me, Eddie Lacy's clear number one here. Here's where I'm thinking with D'Angelo. Right now, if I'm not mistaken, and you can look it up, Rick, but I don't think we have to, D'Angelo Williams, at least when he plays, if not overall, is a top five fantasy running back. If we were talking, if the name wasn't D'Angelo Williams, if the name was Adrian Peterson, we'd scoff at this question even being asked. Just because it's D'Angelo Williams, it it makes you wonder a little bit. I'm not going to wonder. He's going to struggle to run the ball. I think he finds the end zone. You're going to see what you saw in that Seattle game where he's a big part of the passing passing attack. He's going to be on the field every play. Same with Denard Robinson. I'm going to trust the guy who's done it over the guy who's not. That's what it comes down to. Both these guys are going to be on the field for every play. Right. I'm going to trust the guy who's done it. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. I'll put the question to you guys because I don't know the exact answer. Um, how many how many games did Le'Veon Bell start? Three and a half, maybe something like that. Oh no, more more like, more like six. Was no, it that he many? Played, okay. He played three, four, five, six, seven. I think he got injured in in week eight. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. That I didn't have that in front of me. Thanks, Scott. D'Angelo Williams sat behind him for, what, six games, you know, conservatively. He's seventh in fantasy scoring you know, right. among running backs Right. still. Missing you don't sit stuff. him. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I'm not going to sit him. That's like a lot of people, you know, the, the experts. And, and believe me, it drives me crazy. In the conference finals, who is a sit this week against Carolina? Odell Beckham. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I, you know, that's just ignorant. You no, do you it. don't set people like that and D'Angelo Williams falls into that category this year all right so uh non-PPR standard league need one Golden Tate Ted Ginn or Tyler Lockett Ginn he makes he makes what what opportunities he has count and um nobody drops well yeah well if he catches it, nobody <laughs> nobody can catch him. Well, that's that's good. So that's I'm, I'm going Ted Ginn. I mean, the odds are that if he gets in space, he will score. Oh man, Tate has just been so. Tate has like eight or more targets. Just like I, I think it's something like four or five weeks in a row. That's you said it's standard though, right? Yeah, yeah, it's not a PPR. Well, you only had three yeah. targets last week, but they were up 30 to nothing. So, I mean, we kind of let that one go. Golden Tate? No, uh, mm. Ginn. I'm sorry, yeah. I thought you said Ted Ginn. Oh, no, yeah, Tate has had eight or, eight or more eight or more targets for, like, about four or five weeks. So, um, gosh, uh, I think, uh, let's see here. Who's got the best matchup? Probably Lockett. I'm going to go Lockett. What the hell? I'm going to go purely on matchup because I, I like them all evenly for about five to seven catches and about 80, 90 yards. So I think Lockett's the most likely score. Give me that one. All right, when when I listed this <laughs> now out, here, here comes a Tate, and this guy, our <laughs> listener is going to be just like you know flipping us off because I can already see it in Rick's face. He's going. Yeah, golden when Tate. I listed this out, I was going with Golden Tate, Scott. And I thought we were on board there for a while, and then you just made a wild left turn at the end. It's Golden Tate for me for that reason. It's a fantastic matchup. Calvin Johnson's kind of quietly gone away here, and it's been all about Golden Tate. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put them in this order: Tate, Ginn, Lockett. So, so maybe you go again if you're looking for a consensus. I want to pick one of the other two just to give this poor guy an answer, but it's Tate for me. 
and it's taped fairly comfortably. Yeah, I, I didn't even spend a lot of time thinking about it, so uh, we, we apologize, dear listener. <laughs> All right, need two in a PPR. Cobb, T.Y. Hilton, or, or your boy Drone? Drawn. How do you say that? I think it's Drawn, isn't drawn? it? Yeah, yep, Sean Drawn. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Terrible Scott. Name. Okay, I, I, <laughs> I missed it over the talk. I got Sean Drawn, but who are the other two? Cobb and Hilton. We need two in a PPR. Oh, Jesus. Um, PPR, San Francisco plays Cincy, Green Bay plays Hilton. Oh, you get two? Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, two. Um, it's Cobb and Hilton for me. It's not even close. I, I don't want San Francisco against its Cincinnati D, quite frankly. Yeah, I think he's right. I like John a little bit more than you guys seem to, but uh, I think he's right. I think it was Cobb and Hilton. No, apparently I'm just going to be different today. It's a Hilton for me fairly easily, and it's drawn for me at number two. I've given up on Cobb. I'm done. He's terrible. He's bad. You you, you take uh, Jordy Nelson away, Cobb's just another guy. Drawn's going to touch the ball 20 times at a minimum, I think. What Whatever his success is to be determined later. I, I like Hilton, obviously, but for me it's drawn. It's Hilton and drawn. All right, half-point PPR. Need a running back and a flex between just a big old mess here. So get ready, Rick. So we've got Ronnie Hillman, Jeremy Langford. Well, let me get my little pencil oh, here. All right, all right. Okay, all right. we have Hillman. Hillman, Langford, Fozzie, Ware, Devontae Parker, Kamar Aiken. I know. And Crowell. So we need one running back and then a flex out of that mess. Is this PPR? Half point. Okay. Okay. I'm going to throw in Crowell out because I think they'll be down and they don't want to run against Seattle anyway. Um, The running back, I think I'm going – well, I tell you, it's tough because this Forte-Langford thing is terrible. I don't like their matchup against Minnesota. I think I'm going Fozzie. I, I just think that I'm, I'm going with him in there. I don't like Hillman against Pittsburgh. And so I'm going to go Fozzie just due to, um, you know, elimination of the other guys that I don't like. All right, then it's, give me a flex. The flex, I'm going Kamar Aiken. I think there's garbage time there, and he is the most reliable target. Yeah, uh, I when you read that list, uh, Kamar Aiken was the clear number one by a Grand Canyon-sized gap for me, so he's yep. definitely my flex. And then uh, I, I'm also with you on Fauzi. I, I think he's the most likely to get decent uh, carries, um, meaningful carries, out of that bunch. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100%, actually. For once, we can come together. Yeah, we actually one. help somebody. Yeah, somebody or hurt them. You, you'd have expected me to go maybe Langford and Parker or something just because of the way the show's been going. All right, well, we only got five minutes left here, so I'm going to keep moving. Standard scoring league, and I think that's important in this one. Need three of these four. And God, I wish I was in this situation. You need three or four. Yes. All right. Matt Forte, Eddie Lacy, D'Angelo Williams, Denard Robinson. What a good problem to have. Lacey, D. Will, Robinson. Wow. You, you said that so quick. You just, yeah. uh, I do. I don't like Chicago's matchup against Minnesota, and I don't like the fact that Langford and, um, you know, he just it's just turning into more RBBC. So I'm going with uh, 
I'm going with the other guys. I don't think there's any, you know, there's Toby Nohart in Jacksonville. So, I mean, it's a Denard Robinson show. Not only did he what? answer that quickly, he threw up his arms and looked at me like I was an idiot for even asking the question. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. Minnesota has been a top run D all year, but Linval Joseph is out. Anthony Barr is out. Harrison Smith is out. The middle of that secondary, right up the middle, is just destroyed. Um, and in recent weeks, they – they allowed uh, David Johnson, Thomas Rawls, Kevin Coleman, and Eddie Lacy all to have 90-plus yards. Okay, I'm going to put the question to you, Scott, and, and Rick, you can answer too. Do you start Forte over Lacy? D. Will? Mm, God, I hate that. I hate that matchup. Maybe. Uh, well, you either are or you're not. I mean, this poor listener is looking for help well, here, fellas. Well, let's jump. See, you, you threw us all out of whack. With this one, I'm going Forte, Lacey, and Robinson. This is the so one. You are starting him over D. I guess. This all is right. the one circumstance. Now, this is going to sound weird when Forte is part of the conversation. Being this standard scoring, I keep saying I expect them to handle D'Angelo Williams in this game against this Denver defense like they did in Seattle where most of his points came from PPR because he didn't even put up yardage, but he caught enough passes to make himself fantasy relevant. Forte, I think, has certainly a better chance to make more yardage. In a a PPR league, D'Angelo Williams would be out there for me. Being this standard, I think D'Angelo has six or seven catches. My fear is it's for only about 30 yards. So in that case, in this instance, I'm sitting D'Angelo going with Forte, Lacey, and Robinson. And it kills me to start. Okay, I, I'm. I I just respectfully disagree. Forte's got less rushing yards. They're the same in receiving yards. D'Angelo has eight rushing touchdowns. Forte has four. I mean, I, I just have to go with with the big dog and D. Will. I think. Yeah, I <laughs> I hate doing it, but I think I'm going to agree with the leader. I I hate benching D. Will, but man. Are we even that positive about D-Rob right now? I mean, he looked no. decent last week, but, I mean, what what if that game is all passing? Uh, it's, yeah. Oh. Who? Robinson. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I don't like shoving all in. <clears throat> the difference for me. who's done it for half a game. <laughs> right, right. And he right. had, what, about a game and a half last year. Well, see, that was where I was leading up to before you guys derailed it. <laughs> I was I was saying, you know, we do. We I can see things. Forte and Robinson being a very, very close matchup, you know, because Robinson seems very intriguing. Forte is a stalwart performer. You guys really threw it off there. I'll take D'Angelo Williams Island any day. Well, that's a good island to be on. All right, so. All right, we got that one. Let's move on. We are, my God, we are out We're of time. We're out of time. Here. So let, let's do one more. I'm trying to find a good one here. Uh, we already answered that one. Oh, I got two first pages here, so I'm all screwed up. All right, last one. Lost Yeldon. Need two of these in a PPR. Latavius Murray, Brandon Bolden, Bryce Brown, Hillman, and Fozzie. It always comes down to Bolden. Well, Murray, I'm going to start. Yeah. And, boy, now it's close. Did you say two? Yeah, yeah, two. It's a PPR. I'm going with Murray and Bolden. Uh, I'm with you. I think I'm taking Bolden. Me too. I th- yeah, I got to go. I'm I'm the same way. I mean, I t- toss them around, but Bolden is most logical choice. The three breaks. Bryce Brown? 
Uh, yeah, that's tough. Probably <laughs> that's close. Yeah, that was my three, I think. Yeah, I'm not uh, the Hillman. I'm just not messing with him. I, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to go against the Pittsburgh run D right now. So uh, especially with uh, the way they switch it around. Yeah, Brown was third. Yeah, yeah. All right. We are out of time here. I will take some time before I leave the studio, answer all these emails, get as much of Rick's input as I can. Scott, thanks so much for joining us again. We'll keep it rolling here towards the championship. Uh, how's the uh, the SFB 360 going? Oh, it's going awesome. It's uh, conference finals and divisional finals this week. Uh, lots, lots of action going on. I'm happy to say I made six out of my seven playoffs, and I'm still alive in uh, five of them going into this week. So, I'm pretty about happy about that. 360. That's what we were just talking. I know. I'm saying how he made. Oh, uh, he made that. Did you make it into the uh, 360 playoffs? I uh, well, I just missed by a lot. So <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, that 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 league is not rigged. You can tell by my performance. Right. Yeah, and you're you're not helping us out any either. So we can prove that. Is, yeah. Uh, I, I rolled through a super flex league, a super flex with my quarterbacks being Peyton Manning, Nick Foles, and Brian Hoyer. So which one did I start this week, guys, or which two? Yeah. None of them. <laughs> not that. So I mean, I, I think I was out of it. I, I rolled through the Scott Fish 360 with Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, and Derek Carr. <laughs> And you would think I would have been golden, and, and I missed just missed the playoffs. Well, the rest of your team stunk. No, not really. No. I mean, it, it was it was actually a pretty good team, but it's just a very competitive uh, league that Scott Fish set up with three hundred and sixty wow. people in there. There's yes. no doubt about it. So next week for the seven twenty, uh, looking forward to that. Well, Scott, we appreciate it. Let's do it again next week. Merry Christmas to you and your family. We appreciate it. Uh, all the help each and every week. Yeah, yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, it, it's uh, fun coming on here. Looking forward to next week. And uh, I really hope that really, really attractive uh, listener that uh, had that question wins this week. Yeah, yeah, me too. We're rooting for him. All right, thanks, Scott. Have, happy holidays. Thanks a lot. Merry yeah, Christmas, Yep. All right, let's Scott Fish. At Scott Fish 24 on Twitter. Check him out, the Scott Fish Bowl. 360.com or sfb360.com you can google that we're gonna have to to ask jersey next week remember last year scott was going to he was supposed to get an invitation through the 360 as a as a listener was he yeah i remember that i believe you though okay well we're gonna make sure jersey gets in. oh yeah i think we gotta get jersey in (laughs) we'll 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 give up our one of our spots in the scott fishbowl 590. Scott, next logical step, 720. That's true. So that's right, let's it. Get Thanks here. so much for joining us this week. Good luck. We'll be back, I believe, uh, Tuesday, maybe posted Wednesday ahead of Christmas. Oh, come on. Dude, this is a great Christmas song. Where's Bruce Springsteen Santa Claus coming to that's town or something like that? That's good, but this is my favorite Christmas. It is. That's, that's Mariah Carey, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's not bad. It's back when she was hot. She got a little messy in her old age. Uh, well, that comes with age. Yeah, she was getting it done. Well, looking, looking so across the table, pal. Well, that's what you have to look forward to. <laughs> I can't wait. All right, let's get out. All right, good luck this week. We'll be back Tuesday at Asylum Football on Twitter, asylumfootball at gmail.com. We'll answer questions right up till kickoff. Until next week, good luck. Merry Christmas. We'll see you. Take care. God, I love this song. I know you. I hate when you take your All I want for Christmas is me. Is that you? I don't know. Certainly not you.
Oh, 